Well, hello and Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, this is Science Mike. Uh, Mike McCarg is my actual name, if you've never heard that. <laughs> it always feels weird to introduce myself as Science Mike, uh, unless I'm on stage and there's kind of a shtick to it. But it may seem strange that I greet you by saying Merry Christmas when this episode of the program comes out the day after Christmas Day. So why am I still saying Merry Christmas, right? This is when we tear down the decorations. This is when we stop all the Christmas stuff because we've been hearing Christmas carols since the day after Thanksgiving, and it's time to move on to the next thing. And that's how I felt probably most of my life. I've always been kind of a a Scrooge about Christmas. Uh, And I thought maybe... This week, I don't want Greg to have to uh, edit the program uh, around Christmas. I'd rather him have his time off with his family. So I thought we might just have like a conversation this week. No jingle, no uh, sound effects, just uh, no editing really at all. Uh, Just kind of sharing some of my thoughts around this Christmas. I've been on tour. I've been going and going and going. And going. And uh, last night I slept in my own bed for the fourth time in a row. And that's something I haven't done since September. <laughs> so uh, the tours finally for this year uh, cooled down. There's no more appearances, no more travel. And I'm home. And I've been thinking about Christmas. It snuck up on me. I was traveling so much. And uh, as I mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago, I've always been kind of a Scrooge. Um, when I was a kid, I loved to get presents, sure. Um, but as I got older, it just seemed to be much ado about nothing. It seemed to be uh, all about shopping and commercialism. I noticed that the first people consistently to honor Christmas or to mention Christmas were retailers, and they were excited about peak shopping. Uh, Some stores capture a majority of their revenue in the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that didn't seem uh, beautiful or peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I had kind of a Charlie Brown Christmas idealist vibe. And then as I got older, as I became more of a biblical literalist, It bothered me that there were a lot of inconsistencies in popular notions of Christmas and Christmas as depicted in the Gospels. You know, there were no wise men uh, at the birth of Christ. They came later. Or the very idea that Christ was born in a stable uh, or a cave uh, is not really based in any good history. The idea that Christ was born in December, we all know, came um, from pagan seasons and festivals, not from any reasonable estimation about the time when Christ was born. And so as a religious fundamentalist, I objected to the way that the Christmas season distorted our understanding of a historical birth of Christ. And as a young evangelical kid, there were things about Christmas I found incredibly confusing. Like, why is there a song about the 12 days of Christmas. What are those 12 days? There aren't 12 days of Christmas. There's Christmas Day, and there's Christmas Eve, 
and that's Christmas. Uh, of course, you know, when I was an evangelical, Lent would be something you found in your belly button, not a season on the calendar. And the liturgical calendar, which varies from denomination to denomination, uh, the mainline tradition has a subtly different Christmas calendar than the Catholic uh, Church, which has a different calendar than the Orthodox Church, so there isn't a universal liturgical calendar. Uh, but it was all Greek to me. <laughs> I say that intentionally with a nod to the role the Greek Orthodox Church played in the formation of the liturgical calendar. And I didn't understand what Advent was other than lighting candles at church. We never talked about it in the Southern Baptist Church I grew up in. Or really in the Southern Baptist Church uh, that uh, I, I, I was an adult in. Uh, we we had Advent devotionals. I've even written um, written part of those devotionals in the past, but I didn't understand what this what this was all about. And this year, I've been doing it differently. I've been a, I've been in the main line a couple years now. Uh, I'm more familiar uh, with the rhythms of the liturgical calendar. At first, it was like, what's happening? Why are all the colors in the church changing? <laughs> why Why do we talk about you know Easter for so long and Lent for so long and what's ordinary time? All that confused me. Uh, but if, if you're like me, if you have an evangelical past and the litur- liturgical calendar is new for you, I'd like to introduce you to some of those ideas because what I've noticed is after Thanksgiving, we get into Christmas mode, right? We get there. We're ready. And um, and then we're sick of Christmas by the time it comes, and yet we're kind of let down as it passes because we place all these expectations on Christmas, that it has to be a time of joy and celebration, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, uh, we expect to be uh, with others and not feeling lonely. And when we have experiences that are different, we remember those who have passed when we realize some of our family is geographically or emotionally distant from us. Uh, the season takes a dark turn. And this year I've been very intentional. Uh, starting on November 28th, uh, I did Advent following Thanksgiving. Forgive me, my dog likes to make his contribution to the podcast, if you can hear him barking. Uh, uh, someone's walking their dog uh, by the front of our house, and Max gets very excited about possible new friends. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this year after Thanksgiving, I shifted into Advent. And my goal in Advent has been to think about the coming Christ, to think about the arrival of Christ, the anticipation, which is what Advent is about, and every week has a different theme. And by the time you're hearing this, Advent is gone. But in case Advent's new to you, the point of Advent is to contemplate and anticipate and meditate on what it means for God to be with us. And for me, that uh, involved reading the Gospels, with a special emphasis on uh, the, the small portions of the Gospels that occur prior to the birth of Christ, and reading a little bit about Old Testament prophecies that the Church interprets as being about the arrival of Christ. 
in the Hebrew Bible. And uh, doing less, I stepped away from social media uh, and used it, you know, maybe 10 minutes a day uh, at most, and some days not at all, through all of Advent. I did less appearances. Um, I did less socializing when I would come home. I just stayed with my family. And I had a time of quiet anticipation and thinking about what it meant or what it means even uh, for God in Christ to be incarnate in Jesus. And if the world needs it, if I need it, what that means. And as I'm recording this, we're in the final week of Advent. Christmas is still a few days away. But I haven't started celebrating Christmas like people around me. I haven't uh, sung a lot of Christmas carols. and um, I have had a little bit of eggnog. I can't help myself. Maybe a Christmas tree cake or two. But all that is in, in anticipation for the end of Advent on Christmas Eve as the sun goes down. And we enter into Christmas a time to celebrate that God is with us. And as this podcast comes out on December 26th, I'll just be getting into my Christmas celebration. All my Christmas lights will still be up. The tree will stay up. I'll be drinking eggnog. And I will be thinking every day about what it means for God to come to the earth, what it means for Jesus to be with us. And that will last all the way until Epiphany. On January 6th, Epiphany is when we celebrate the revelation of um, God with us, the incarnation through Jesus, typically with the symbols uh, and association with the visitation of the wise men to the young Jesus. And, you know, your mileage may vary, but I have found that that rhythm of Advent into Christmas into Epiphany, of lengthening those seasons, reduces the influence of commercialism and uh, a retail holiday and a social buzz of the season and instead creates a spiritual focus. I don't want to over-spiritualize Christmas, but I don't know that you can. Um. And I have found it incredibly life-giving. This, this season of Advent for me, especially after the joyous but incredibly busy 2016, I have had this intentional slowing down and anticipation has been so life-giving. Um, after this election, focusing on Christ's mission to create peace has been life-giving. After the devastation we've seen in Syria and in Aleppo, a savior king has been life-giving. So I don't know, you know, where you are right now, this day after Christmas, and I'm always afraid to do uh, podcasts that have a seasonal focus like this because I know some of you... We'll hear this in March or June. <laughs> Every episode of Ask Science Mike has a very, very long tail. But for those of you listening here right after Christmas, 
And if you're struggling through some Christmas blues, if you're struggling through a new year and thinking, boy, how tough 2016 was for the world, thinking about the challenges we face in 2017 and beyond, in the climate, in our political environment, in our soil, in so many ways, uh, it seems like we're, we're on a threshold of a new chapter in humanity that could be uh, quite good or quite bad. Um, I hope you'll consider some kind of liturgical practice that moves through Advent and Christmas tide into Epiphany. And think about in your life what that means. I mean, you know me, I have a a complicated relationship with Christian theology. It is both the soil from which I sprouted and in my past. Uh, I still have a skeptic's um, struggle. A lot of it seems like nonsense to me many days. But the rhythm of the liturgical calendar I have found to be grounding in a way that a purely intellectual, logical, or fact-finding pursuit of God is not. I was at the Wild Goose Festival this year, and I met a pastor shaman, (laughs) which is a very Wild Goose thing. Uh, He became a very good friend of mine. And um, he had a a uh, healing ritual that I, I participated in. I didn't have any expectations for it, but I wanted to be a good sport and participate. And when I found um, when I found that experience to be incredibly uh, helpful and insightful and ultimately life-changing, he said this to me. He said, sometimes the liturgy believes so that we don't have to. So if you're doubting, if you're struggling, if you have the Christmas blues, I just wanted to share that with you. Maybe this season you could practice the liturgy and it can believe so that you don't have to. (laughs) It's nonsense, isn't it? It, I think it is. I think it is probably nonsense. But it's really good stuff. It's really life-changing good stuff if you'll lean into it, if you'll let it. Um, So if you just Google the liturgical calendar, there's probably one, if you're in any mainline denomination that's specific to your own uh, traditions, rhythms. Uh, I I personally obviously use the United Methodist liturgical calendar. Um, But I would challenge you to consider the theme of this season of Christmas time moving towards Epiphany. And then I, here's the thing. With those ideas in mind, take the Bible off the shelf, blow the dust off of it, and um, and engage with the text in that way. Which, by the way, on that note, I just got a new Bible, um, which is, you know, pretty wild for me. <laughs> 
I have uh, the same, you know, obviously I do a lot of digital Bible stuff, but I do like reading out of paper books. And for study, I got a new Oxford annotated Bible I really like for uh, kind of hardcore Bible research when I'm writing or uh, maybe even researching some of the program. But I got a Bible, uh, it's called Bibliotheca or Bibliotheca. I don't know how to pronounce it. B-I-B-L-I-O-T-H-E-C-A. I pre-ordered this like... Maybe two years ago, and it finally came out, and it is this five-volume set divided into uh, the, the sections that the Hebrew Bible is divided into. So you have the five books and the former prophets is one volume. The latter prophets is another volume. The writings is a third volume. It has the Apocrypha, if you want to include that. Uh, which I did as a fourth volume, and then the fifth volume is the New Testament, which makes this huge library of books, which is good because the Bible is a library of books. So when you divide it into basically five Bible-sized volumes, you get like normal thickness of pages, you get page margins. This one doesn't have verse numbers in it, so the the text flows beautifully. Uh, so um, it's it's pricey. Uh, I think it's more now than it was when I got it because I got like a Kickstarter discount. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're in a season where you think, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, the complete set's like $179. That is outrageous. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but it's a beautiful book. I can see why it would it cost that much. It's a paperback version. Uh, looks like for $160. Um, but uh, that's what I've been reading, like my study out of um, for the these seasonal approach to the church calendar. That's all I got. I wanted to talk about the liturgical year and how refreshing it's been for me. I know a lot of people who listen to this program are evangelical or post-evangelical. Uh, probably a third of you are in that audience. And uh, when I've met you at events uh, these last few months, you've mentioned how <laughs> You're, you're also exploring the, the more broad church tradition you never knew about growing up in the evangelical church. For all my mainline listeners, sorry, you know, this was a review. But there's something beautiful and life-giving about a yearly rhythm to our spirit, a yearly rhythm to our reflection on what Christianity means. What does it mean? Everyone disagrees. <laughs> I disagree with myself. But something about a faith that moves with the seasons helps us have a faith that handles the changing environment of life. So Merry Christmas. And may you understand today what it means for God to be with you.